The Shaggy Jenkins Show. We have to make Russia great again. On the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. Welcome to it. Boy, do we have a lot to cover in our week in review. And we have to say aloha to Arizona. We're now on in your beautiful sunny state. Well, coming from our very sunny and... Okay, let's just be honest, very hot and tropical place here on Maui. We have so much to cover in the week in review. So before I get started with all of that, welcome to my humble little show. My name is Shaggy Jenkins. I'm a critical thinker, a problem solver, guy just left of normal insane, but always centered in common sense and found online conveniently at a website called shaggyjenkins.com or wherever fine social media is served. Hey, just look for Shaggy Live. Joining me from the windy city of Chicago and being full of just all kinds of powerful winds. Okay, that kind of makes it sound like he has gas. Please welcome everybody, St. Chris Bass. Oh, you have overcome for I am here. How are you doing, brother? How's everything? I'm doing good other than making poor segues. I think we're off to a good start, though. Well, that, that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, okay. We have got to talk about some news this week because as much as the news has been trying to talk about other stuff, the news has actually kind of become about the news this week with the story of Jim Costa and CNN. Chris, where do we start? Well, let's start from the beginning. Uh, when you saw the... Uh, display of the president with the media, and uh, it was very shameful for what the president did uh, to go after CNN's Jim Acosta and had his press credentials taken away from him. But if you know, I said it before on your program, that when the whole thing started with fake news, uh, the president pointed to Jim Acosta from day one. So I think he's been out for him for a while now, and uh, when we saw this unfold, I think it's been time in the making. Uh, because he's been singled out by the president for a while, uh, even going towards uh, Press Secretary uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, going after him as well. So it seemed as though that uh, the target was on his back from the beginning. And so now we see CNN and other broadcasting outlets coming forward uh, to go to court about this, because, again, it deals with Acosta's First Amendment rights, of freedom of the press, and the Fifth Amendment rights to due process. Now, what I thought was interesting, I'm going to share this with you, the supporting uh, cast, I call it, of media outlets to support CNN and Jim Acosta. Oh, God, yes, so he, please. Oh, yeah, oh, the, li the list is fantastic. So you have Bloomberg, Associated Press, uh, to name a few, also NBC News, New York Times, Gannett, Scripps, uh, the National Press Club, USA Today Network, and I want to read you this statement that came from a very interesting source. Okay. It said, uh, we support CNN in its legal effort to regain this White House reporter's press credential. We intend to file an amicus brief to the U.S. District Court. Secret Service passes for working White House journalists should never be weaponized. While we don't condone the growing antagonistic tone by both the president and the press, uh, at recent media avails, we do support a free press access open exchange for American people. 
That Shaggy came from Fox News Channel. Uh, he can't. Hang on a sec. Hey, hey, yeah. Who? That? Who? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I did not stutter. It was a shock, a blow to the system. But anytime you have Fox News coming to the, and it is rightfully so. I, I have to give him credit where credit is due. Uh, of yeah. a fellow journalist, because if you think about it, not only did Jim Acosta have his credentials taken away from from the press by the White House. That could be anybody down the road, including Fox News. Well, this is kind of an interesting spin for me because it wasn't too long ago that when they were uh, kind of the antagonistic news entity in the White House press corps, one former president, President Barack Obama, actually sought to kind of get the Fox News guys put towards the back of the room. And believe it or not, guess who had their back in that fight? It was CNN, and specifically mm -hmm. Jim Acosta, who went to bat and said, hey, you can't treat Fox News any different than you treat anybody else in here because in this room we are supposed to be professionals. And if we're not going to be professionals in this room, then this whole thing is a circus to us. So please reinstate yeah. and please ask questions of the Fox News correspondents when they're, they're in the press corps. CNN went to bat during the Obama administration for Fox News. So, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I still, even knowing that, Chris, I never saw Fox News jumping to the defense of CNN. And I guess you're right. This has more to do with precedents going forward than it has to do with what's happening now, huh? Yeah, it does. Uh, it pretty much shows that uh, I, what I like about what happened and what Fox News got involved was that the press, I think, needs to lock arms and dig in for a fight, whether it's with the president or whether it's with uh, Secretary Huckabee Sanders or maybe somebody else down the road that maybe Sarah might step down, which I think would be a good thing. But if you look at what's happening here, the press is only doing their job. And the president done a good job of making the media enemy of the people. These are very strong words to say coming from a president. So the people who follow him, the Trump base, they believe that their leader is being threatened by these reporters who are doing their job. Go back to Jim Acosta. He said that when you try to follow the president on various uh, campaign uh, functions where they stomping for other conservatives, the people yelling him saying that CNN sucks and that they're fake news. And the next thing that could always be around the corner could be physical bodily harm. Uh, this was the same president who applauded a journalist being body slammed. So when you put that out there, people do respond to what they believe they hear is fiery words to protect their leader. Now, this is one of the big things that has kind of got brought up, and I, I read off a little bit of the briefs this week that CNN filed. And one of the most interesting things that I found was in Section 5 of the introduction, uh, just the introduction of the bill, or, or should I say of the complaint that they are filing in district court, it says, basically, look, we've already had three Supreme Court hearings about this very thing that say you can't do this. So we want a definitive, once and for all, you can't do this 
kind of settlement. And and this is the thing. Acosta versus Trump, Chris, it could supersede any sort of journalistic freedom law should it go to trial. That would be unprecedented. I mean, that would take a a good precedence, and I'm glad once again that they filed it. When, when When people talk about Jim Acosta, and I've been in media now for over 25 years, and I remember hearing Jim Acosta before the CNN uh, hype started to happen. And everything I heard about the man has always been spot on. Uh, he covered Desert Storm. Yeah. Uh, he covered uh, other great stories along the years where reputation precedes you. And regardless of how you feel on both sides of the aisle, I think you can appreciate somebody doing their job with a very professional tone. And some people may see it as uh, him grandstanding and things like that. Okay, then I go back to, as far as I'm concerned, ABC's Sam Donaldson when he was with uh, President Reagan all those years, you know, asking the tough questions, things of that nature. And even though you could tell that Reagan was very upset by the line of questioning that Sam was doing, it was Sam's job. Yeah. But we fast forward to Jim Acosta and his current president. The president just gets irked and does not want to answer it. He walks away from the podium kind of slowly trying to ignore it and comes back with all this fiery rhetoric. So if you can't answer the question, then I'm sorry, that's part of your job description. And Jim Acosta or any other reporter should not feel the brunt of him being ignorant of not asking any questions. Well, this is the thing, because and and, and this is something I kind of want to bring up with this CNN case. When Donald Trump went on the attack for Jim Acosta, he also in other press conferences later on in the week, started to go against reporters, specifically uh, reporters of color. Can we call them the ROC, baby? Um, Yeah, but uh, (laughs) reporters of color have been suffering very much under the wrath of Donald Trump. And it seems to me that this Jim Acosta attack, this rebuking of his press uh, credentials, kind of is the forward edge before Donald Trump moves on to the next target, which is minority reporters. Do you do you think I'm right on that? Because it did seem to, to see that way. It did. Uh, during that same press conference, you had, also, also again from CNN, because that's the one he hates the most, Abby Phillip, April Ryan, who are seasoned professionals, and also uh, PBS's Yamishi Alcindor. And when you, for example, April Ryan was trying to ask, when she was off mic, but she said the president acknowledged her and she was off mic and she was trying to ask him a question about voter suppression. He gets upset. He gets riled up. And then he goes after her uh, saying that she's a loser and things like that. Yeah. Once again, we're not in high school. We're not in grammar school. What kind of president uses words like loser? The only thing that was missing was him putting the L up to his forehead in gesture. Yeah. Or it's just. It's just it's just, it's not right. It just isn't. I'm just waiting for the official press conference where Sarah Huckabee Sanders comes out and defends the president and says, look, I know what he said. Neener, neener, neener is he, he was talking to a specific portion of his base. If you, if you are listening, you are the neener, neener, neeners. And you're being like, what the right. hell are we? But that's just it. When it comes to Trump, sometimes his actions do speak louder and, <clears throat> a little bit more logically clear than his words. And 
his actions this week with amping up the attacks on Jim Costa and going after minority reporters, I'm saying good on CNN for this lawsuit because it's like that old saying, Chris. First they came for the reporters from CNN. Next, they came for the minority reporters. Pretty soon, Fox News was going, where is everybody? Oh, my God, we're next. And you're right, because he will come after them. He Look, the same president, once again, at the same uh, press conference, the same presser, he made fun of the Republican losers after midterms, after, after, after what we had you know, this past election. You know, so... You know, he made fun of them. So he has no loyalty except for himself. And so when people call him on it, do you think that just because you're with Fox and you're trying to do your job that he won't pull the press too? Case in point, let's go back to Helsinki. So this is when the president and, of course, uh, Vladimir Putin of Russia, the president, were, you know, podium to podium together. And there was the president denying his own intel and agreeing with the enemy of our country for eons. And even Fox News then, even Fox and Friends, his favorite show, they had to say, Mr. President, why are you behaving this way? Why, what's this going on? Even his favorite show was against him. So he could have a moment where in time down the road, his favorite show, his favorite network will go against him and he'll pull their press credentials as well. Yeah, and it wouldn't be too long because let's go ahead and say that Fox News has had some pretty famous breaks from the White House, including a couple of episodes of Fox and Friends where, oh my God, they got attached to reality and realized that there were things happening. Um, Then there was, of course, Shep Shep Smith who who keeps uh, doing things. Uh, There is Neil Cavuto who has made a couple of different attacks on the president's financial as well as immigration policies mostly for financial reasons, but when it comes to a president, you always want to curry favor with the press. And Chris, dare I say it, this looks like, even with Fox News, Trump has finally united journalists against him. Yeah, he has done a a unique job of just not being able to embrace anybody, uh, whether it's the media, whether it's going overseas to France, not participating in the you know Veterans Day festivities or Veterans Weekend festivities uh, because of rain and things like that. Again, if you are conservative, nothing wrong with that. I don't doubt you for having your ideology. But my question to conservatives over this time of this presidency, how can you condone your president's behavior? For people who are veterans, the World War One, I, I was told, was the 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 the, the war to end wars. Mm. And then you have people overseas who fought and died and their bodies are still over there, you know, and you don't want to come out and show any type of respect. You didn't even go to, you know, Arlington. I know. You know, here in America to respect uh the dead that has fallen for us to have rights. Okay, people out there, how do you condone this president's behavior. If you you can, one person said it best. You cannot spin this. You can't. No matter how many times you want to spin it, you're just you're lying, just like he is. It does seem that way because look, this week has been just on an international scale. The rest of the world going poor, poor America, whose president wouldn't even bear a little drizzle 
to pay respects to the long dead of one of the most bloodiest conflicts in history. Not just United States history. World history. It killed like close to 20 million people. And Chris, 10 and a half million of those were civilians. Yes. So when it comes to what Donald Trump did, and, and let's talk a little bit about his actions, because there's another action I want to get into before we get to the break. But he basically called it off and says, well, I didn't get the special helicopter from Obama that flies in the rain. That's what Trevor Noah said. Um, there was uh, also the, well, I don't like Germany and France anyway. Me and Macron have got problems, so maybe I don't want to be seen with them. But then... We have that moment on the centennial where Vladimir Putin walks up and Donald Trump looks at him like Kenny Rogers used to look at Dolly Parton in that Islands in the Stream video. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, yeah, I do recall that. I I, I don't want to say that was the look of love, but look, ladies, if you've never found a man that looks at you like Trump looks at Putin, you have not found the right man in your life. You need to do uh, something about no, it. No, you haven't. No. You need to regroup. Yeah. <laughs> you need to regroup. <laughs> but when it comes to Trump's actions, he has kind of compounded this I don't care attitude this week with being the first president in some four decades to turn down the Kennedy Honors Center, uh, you know, where they do the big nomination and all these great people come together. Well, he's the first right. president to turn it down two years in a row. Now, of course, the White House says this is scheduling conflicts, but Chris, what do we think it really is? I think what the reality is, he does not want to be booed. He does not want to be unaccepted. I think his ego couldn't handle it, and he knows that. And and, and it's really smart of him to skip it again, because imagine if he did attend. Yeah. Imagine if he did go to the, you know, the Kennedy Center Honors to honor these, you know, great artistic people of creativity. Do you think he'd be well accepted? No. Because somebody is going to, exactly, somebody is going to boo and show their disdain for him. It's going to happen. He can't handle that. I got the best thing, too. Because do you know who one of the honorees is this time? Don't tell me it's Robert De Niro. Man. It's Cher. Oh, Cher. Oh, well, he- he can forget it. <laughs> if you, you sure, know, sure gonna let him have it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've seen that movie Waiting to Exhale, and you know the scene where Angela Bassett is walking away from the car, and it's all on fire with his clothes in it, and car blows up, and it just barely ruffles her hair, and she's got her supermodel strut going on. Yes, she does. That would be the Kennedy uh, Center honors if yeah. Cher and Trump were to meet. I mean, it's... It is one of those things, though. Celebrities, by and large, do not like this president, and more so than any other past administration, Chris, they're not really ashamed to tell the president this time, are they? No, because they have the right to express how they feel. They're not hurting anybody. They come out and say it. Uh, you've had people last year, some nominees, uh, some people who are going to be part of the Candy Center Honors, they did not want to attend. If they said that Trump was going to be there, uh, they were not going to show up. And what does it look like to get this prestigious award and you don't want to be there because of one man? Uh, this is the same man where other, uh, for example, sports teams who won various championships, whether it's in baseball, basketball, football, do not want to go to the White House 
for that celebratory moment of the president with that particular team that won a particular championship. They don't want to be happy. For example, Golden State Warriors NBA. They won it for like two years in a row back to back, and they did not want to attend. So not only that, the other teams selectively did not want to go to the White House. That speaks volumes. And so he can call them losers. He can call them SOBs in the NFL or whatever. He's hurt. His ego is extremely fragile. So if he's not liked as he says that he is, which he knows that he's not, because everybody's supposed to like him. We know that's not true. And he even knows that. So to be in the environment where he is not embraced, it, that crumbles him. And, you know, just, just don't show up. God, and that's just it. The, the thing is, is that most of the time celebrities would follow that old adage. If you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. And it seems that since Trump has broken that as far as a presidential decorum, uh, people more likely than not, especially when confronted with the opportunity to talk to him, well, it's a little bit of, hey, you said it's okay, Donnie, so I'm going to do this behavior too. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. The Kennedy honors are something that is truly an honor to receive. I mean, look at some of the past people that have been inducted. And I mean, oh my God, it's a smorgasbord of all the greatest things that America has ever been comprised of. And to have a president who just basically tries to ignore it because it doesn't reflect lovingly on him, will this, in the long run, because remember, they've been going on for decades, but will this in the long run, Chris, tarnish the Kennedy Center honorees? I don't think it would tarnish it. I just think that it would be a bad storm that we have to wait out. And that goes back to whenever Donald Trump is impeached or removed from office along those lines. I mean, he could be impeached and still stay in office, but it would take something more major, and I know impeachment is major, but it has to be more to really physically remove from office, going back to the 25th Amendment. But um, people will still appreciate, I believe, the Kennedy Center honors, because it is highly prestige. Once again, the popery of people that have been accepting it for years, and currently so. But I think that right now, uh, Trump is that dark cloud over a somewhat shiny day. Mm. And it's a storm that we have to ride out because once he's gone, then you'll see more people born more, I think, acceptable to the Kennedy Center honors. I, I, I got a little kind of side note here. I, I, I want to ask you because the Kennedy Center usually honors humanitarians, artists, musicians, playwrights, and other people of, well, artistic greatness. I, I just want to say that I don't think Donald Trump really understands art. Am I wrong? If he does, you know, he's not respecting it. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he understands art. But again, when he makes it about himself, everything is revolving around him. We're just peons, you know, in this world. We don't really exist. But for him, you know, he is the major tour de force. And so the Kennedy Center honors is not about him. We're not being honored, not about him. The participants who are receiving the awards is about them. It's their time to shine. And again, when he just inserts himself into a situation and believes that, oh, I should be honored too, or I see having praise heaped upon me too, that's what I have an issue at. And people don't want to be around that energy. Yeah, I, I just don't see... 
Trump ever really getting honored for his many movie roles, including the one where he seductively made kissy faces towards a Bo Derek as a ghost, and, um, well, there was Home Alone 2. Any of those look like Kennedy Center material to us? Of course not. Uh, it, come on now. I mean, you know, if we're going to vote for anything, let him. Uh, uh, the time he was on uh, Raw as for WWE going against owner Vince McMahon, that was that was fun. That yeah. was fun. Other than that, uh, no, no. Uh, hell nope. Hell nope. But okay, look, we, I've only got like, a, I don't know, like 45 seconds here for the break. So I kind of want to throw a story at you that I liked. As long as we're talking about celebrities this week, this week, one of my rock and roll heroes proved once again that he is the greatest guy ever to live. Dave Grohl had kind of, uh, well, been worried about the health and the nutrition of the fire departments fighting all the California wildfires. So, Chris, Dave Grohl, good rocker that he is, loaded up the supplies and threw a barbecue for some of the hardworking firefighters in California. Now, this comes in the aftermath of Trump making all of those terrible comments about California managing their whole wildfire situation. So, at the end of the week, Dave Grohl or Donald Trump? Chris, 20 seconds. Which is more presidential and why? Dave Grohl. Why? Because he cares about people. Plain and simple. Man, I'm telling you, somebody let tell that guy I want to be adopted. <laughs> oh my god okay so we're getting ready to go into the break look chris when we get back we've got a couple of interesting things to talk about michael avanetti you know him as the uh, lawyer for stormy daniels looks like he might be in a little bit of hot water we've also got to cover some of the stuff happening with lindsey graham and nazis yeah, the Nazi salute that Wisconsin schools did not see coming, but let's just face it, uh, everybody else did. Okay, so for everybody else, thanks for joining us. We'll take a quick break right here, and when we get back, we'll go through more of the Weekend Review. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show. June, our immigrant-bashing president ordered an end to his own warped policy of forcibly tearing terrified migrant children from the arms of their asylum-seeking parents. Trump declared, I didn't like the sight or the feeling of families being separated. Yeah, bad optic, as PR consultants call scenes of such thuggishness. So he and we no longer have to witness nightly TV coverage of shrieking toddlers being taken from their parents and hauled off to federal warehouses. But wait, out of sight doesn't mean that depravity has ended. Some 500 of the 2,900 children who were snatched last spring are still in government custody, scared that they'll never see their parents again and traumatized by the uncertainty of what'll happen to them. 
Worse, more refugee children are being incarcerated every day as they seek asylum from the horrors of rapacious gang wars and abject poverty in their Central American homelands. More than 12,000 migrant children are now out of sight and out of mind in our government's warehouses, military bases, and sprawling tent cities. And Trump is requesting money to lock up another 20,000 children. All this trauma and cost is the result of the Trumpeteers' inhumane and failed zero-tolerance policy of jailing children, even babies, in hopes of scaring other refugees from seeking asylum in our land of opportunity. They created this humanitarian crisis, and rather than ending it by rushing in hundreds of lawyers and judges to process the asylum requests, Trump and his rabidly anti-immigrant ideologues are taxing us by building more jails for refugees, while also openly violating the law that says immigrant children cannot be locked up for more than 20 days. This is Jim Hightower saying, for more about Trump's sick and sickening policy, contact Kids in Need of Defense at supportkind.org. Hightower's commentaries are brought to you by the Hightower Lowdown, the monthly newsletter with Hightower's take on what Wall Street and Washington are up to. For information, visit hightowerlowdown.org. What to expect when you're expecting. A teenager. Learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. News from the left and the right. From the guy a bit off-center and slightly out of his mind. It's the Shaggy Jacob Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Chicken Show all the way from a little town called Pukalani at the bottom of a volcano called Haleakala. And in case you're wondering what that means in English, it means uh, house of the sun and hole in the sky. Uh, Where are all these words coming from? Maui, where I'm from. Aloha. I'm Shaggy Jenkins, critical thinker, problem solver, guy just left a normal insane, and found very conveniently at my website, shaggyjenkins.com, or wherever fine social media is patrolled for well, whatever data they're looking for these days by Russian bots uh, at Shaggy Live. Joining me is a man of many voices and of many different talents. I say this because he's been on anything from mainstream AM and FM radio to podcasts far and wide, including one of my favorite, the Power of Voice Network. Uh, please give it up for the man that I call the saint. It's Chris Bass. Uh, thank you again, sir. Always my honor to be here, man. So, you know, like I said, Shaggy, you know, I, I can't pay you no more. There's no more money for any type of uh, advancements of the, you know, good things that you say. So right now it's just, you know, just free. Man, I was hoping you had one of them little Wayne dollar guns. <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> I, was, I don't. I was looking to bring up some modern, you know, what do the kids call it uh, these days? Bling or something? Yeah, they got 
They yeah, they ha- can have that. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about a guy that has been all kinds of popular with kids. Okay. Man, I've really got to work on my segues this week. Um, I, I say that because he has been seen as the one guy that's kind of had the tough jaw, the, the, the elbow to the ribs, I'm in charge here, attitude when it comes to the president and some of his more salacious lifestyle choices. I'm talking, of course, about Stormy Daniels' attorney, Michael Avenetti, uh, Avenatti. And, and here's the thing, late-breaking news that we got... He's been picked up for a suspicion of domestic violence? Yeah, that's true. Um, TMZ reported there's also BuzzFeed reported as well uh, about him having alleged abuse against his ex-wife. Now, his office, meaning Alvinetti's office, have come forward. I want you uh, to hear this, so make sure this is, this is what he said from his office. that I wish to thank the hardworking men and women of the LAPD for their professionalism, uh, they were doing uh, their jobs in light of the completely bogus allegations against me. I have never been physically abusive in my life, nor was I last night. Any accusations to the contrary are fabricated and meant to do harm to my reputation. I look forward to being fully exonerated. So we got that, and then we got uh, news from the attorneys for Lisa Story Avenatti, which is his ex-wife, uh, saying that my client and I have reviewed the TMZ article, alleged that my client, uh, Lisa Story Avenatti, had been injured and that Michael Avenatti had been arrested as a result of some incident that occurred between them. This article is not true as it pertains to my client. That goes on and on from there. So representation of Lisa Story Avenatti is saying that's not true either. So who do we believe? Uh, here's the thing about when this happens. As much as Avenatti, representing Horse Story Daniels, like you said, you know, the, the porn star, I'm sure she had a lot of hits uh, during this time, a lot of uh, people uh, viewing her <clears throat> videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you are in the public eye like that, and then you go after a, a president, you know, a high figure, be prepared for backlash and be prepared for things to come out that you don't necessarily want to come out. Now, obviously, we weren't there, so we don't know, but it to some degree, it can tarnish him because nobody wants to be associated with someone who allegedly beats women. And especially in the day nowadays of the hashtag MeToo movement, you know, that doesn't look bold, doesn't bode well for him at this time. Yeah, and this is the thing. <clears throat> it's all kind of weird because not too long yeah. ago we had the whole Moeller finding out that people were being paid to kind of dream up stuff about him. It makes you wonder if... This is one of those cases where something is happening and a rumor was started because somebody thought they could cash in on the rumor. Um, Here's the problem with stories like this, especially when both parties have basically came out and said, nah, man, that didn't happen. Where is, because we know everybody invents their own, Chris, where is truth? Very good question, Shaggy. I think truth is uh, in the eye of the beholder. I know it's cliche, but follow me on this. Because I can look at it differently, and so can you, and anybody else watching and reading the story, and walk away, say, with five different interpretations of the said story. So it's kind of hard to galvanize what is true and what is not. Now, me personally, I do believe in setups. I do believe in some sort 
uh, conspiracies here and there, especially when the power is at stake of someone like at the time when it was reaching a fever pitch with uh, Stormy Daniels and Michael Avenatti uh, going after the president. And they wouldn't and they didn't back down during this time. So now you try to find ways, I think, to discredit the people that went after the president. So uh, a plant story here and there or to discredit somebody's name on both ends. Now, this is a really, truly both end situation unless you can prove it. Now, all the hype that Avenetti was talking about, we really haven't seen any proof. I mean, only thing that we've seen proof by was the money exchanged uh, during that time. But it's still it's it's still murky territory. Unless yeah. you can prove, once again, depending on your source, was this money used as hush money for Stormy Daniels? The stuff in between about his genitalia and things like that was just a setup to obviously embarrass the man. And that happens as well. But when that gets in the mix, it gets hard, kind of convoluted. It gets murky to find out what exactly is true and what isn't. Yeah, because there's certain things in life, especially when it comes to the president's genitalia. I, I, I don't care if it's true or not. I just want to stop hearing about it. Um, right, exactly. But Avenetti, uh, Avenatti, he's been one of those guys that has been trying to dig up at least for the sake of kind of making his client look a little bit better in the public eyes, the jury of the um, judgmental American society, um, he's he's always been trying to say, hey, how bad is my client when Donald Trump does this? But it seems like with this, this, this whole getting arrested thing, has he lost the moral high ground that he's been using to beat up Trump with? I think it's probably still split. I think people who are just are on the bandwagon of people trying to get anything on Trump will still uh, continue to be on the side of Avenatti. And the people who are saying that Trump is being railroaded, it's not true, whether it was Stormy Daniels or anybody that's coming forward to say anything against him when it comes to 45, I think it's split right down the middle. So it's who do you trust or who do you believe is entirely up to you? Yeah. And and here's the things, because I want to talk about a different story real quick, because when we talk about things that are unbelievable, I'm going to throw out four words and, and each one of those words should not connect to the other one. But they do somehow lately. And those four words are the first two rock star. The second two words, Lindsey Graham. Now, Chris, let's talk real briefly about the senator from South Carolina's rise in popularity. What the hell is up with Lindsey Graham in Washington, D.C. lately? Well, recently he's come forward to say that he, meaning Senator Lindsey Graham, would investigate how the FBI handled investigations into the Russian interference in the 2016 elections and Hillary Clinton's email controversy if he becomes chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And he would say he said he would totally get involved in that. Now, Graham has been a longtime critic of the FBI handling those investigations and everything else. See, this is why I can't trust Lindsey Graham. Okay. Lindsey Graham, on record, has went against the president on, on numerous occasions. And and I happen to agree with when he, you know, goes after the president. Not to be mean, but you know, he was just pointing out some sites where he felt the president was wrong. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, 24 hours, he's moonwalking like Michael Jackson in the state Michael's in right now. And all of a sudden, he turns around and says, oh, well, I didn't mean that. 
What I meant to say was, and dot, dot, dot. So everything he says, he has to backwalk it. Mm. And I can't take him for his word. It's hard to trust politicians in general, but his track record speaks for itself. True. If, if, put it like this. If, if, if you were spanked by the president to go against the throne, so to speak, then you wouldn't do it again. You got the spanking, you were put back in your place, and every time you go to the public eye, you speak glowingly of the president, you're on his side, you're working with him. And then, all of a sudden, you do it again. Well, you were told the first time, don't do it. And not only that, after Senator John McCain's death out of Arizona, who unfortunately passed away, great man, a great veteran humanitarian, I think Lindsay tried to find somebody to latch on to because McCain was really one of his main guys that he liked a lot. And so now that McCain's gone, then who am I going to latch on to to find support? So what do you do? You come out and say these things to be pro-Trump, not anti-Trump as you were in certain instances, but be more pro-Trump so you can be on his good side to be the chairman of the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee. Yeah, and this is the thing. Lindsey Graham, and, and I almost feel like any time we talk about him, I, I have to have some sort of stick and a knife and a rocking chair, and, and somewhere there should be a dog and a piece of straw. Don't ask me why, but it seems that when we talk about Lindsey Graham, you do kind of have to talk to the audience that, that seems to support him most, which is those simple bygone Southern people just sitting by and hoping that life doesn't change too much so it takes away all their land and jobs. And when it comes to Lindsey Graham, he's been really good with politicking with those types. But in the eventuality that um, Grassley steps aside, right? He's the current uh, head of the Judiciary, uh, judiciary Committee that, 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 that we're talking right. about. Lindsey Graham says not only would he go after the FBI— but get this, on the flip side of that, said, oh, but protecting special counsel, special counsel like Mueller is kind of a big deal, too, so I would support that. Is he really being honest, given his past behavior, or is this politicizing for the job? He's doing both. You know, he's trying to play both sides in the middle, because he knows that if he continues to, once again, show his alliance to the party and to the presidency, he just might have a shot of it uh, once Senator Chuck Grassley steps down. But at the same time, he's known for not settling on what his word is supposed to be, whatever that is. Now, people could tell me differently. I personally, from where I sit at, he back, he, if anybody uh, backwalks or goes back and forth on issues, the most as far as I see it is Senator Lindsey Graham. You, so you'll put him in charge of a high-profile uh, position like that, uh, that's that's too topsy-turvy for me. Yeah, and let's just be honest. Um, it's a little odd that a guy that was so anti-Trump not too long ago is so pro-Trump now and trying to sell himself still as a centrist. Um, what in South Carolina is happening here? Well, I think, again, you know, when you're dealing with someone like Lindsey Graham, I, I think he's trying to cover all the bases. He's trying to make sure that what he's doing is trying to align himself on various fences, not really taking a hard stance and not really taking uh, a stance that's anti, somewhere in the middle. So once again, I think he's placating and trying to uh, put bets. It's like we go to Las Vegas 
You may put a bet here and a bet there and a bet here and a bet there. You're not going all in. He's not going all in. He's hedging his bets, literally. And so the main position of hedging his bets is to get the position of working with the Senate Judiciary Committee. That's his main thing. But he has to do it very, very carefully. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. When it comes to careful, Lindsey Graham's not really known for that. Let's just put it out there. It's... No, no, he's not. No, it's it's just as about as safe as, as as hunting with a former vice president. You know the one. Um, yes, I do. Here's a quick thing, though, because look, I I, I do want to say before we run out of time today, this week has also been kind of a big culture week as far as what kind of culture is coming into prevalence in the United States. Now, we've had a new report come out that say that hate crimes are, for the third consecutive year, up again. And of course, I covered on yesterday's show, it's not so much, and Chris, this is sad, because I want I want to see if you agree with this statement that I made. In this week, I said that when it comes to reporting hate crimes, the only reason that they're steadily going up is because more and more police departments are actually starting to report crimes against minorities as hate crimes. The hate crimes have always been happening. We're just now talking about it. There's no real rise. Agree or disagree? I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, It's always been in the mindset of most people and some, once again, through the power of social media, through the power of the Internet, uh, we're all connected in some way, so we get news in real time. But as far as the standpoint of how certain police departments report these crimes against people of color, it becomes a hate crime, whether it's reported or not. Uh, we had an incident here that happened in neighboring Midlothian here in Chicago where a young man uh, who was a uh, security guard called 911 at this nightclub, and the cop came in and shot not only the assailant, but shot the security guard, who happened to be African-American. And so now people are asking questions, but look, he had on a security uh, outfit, he had on a flight jacket to support himself, yet you shoot him and didn't ask any questions. So now, of course, we get the proverbial uh, investigation. The officer now, who happens to be white, unfortunately, is taken off the case. Uh, He has a paid leave until further notice. So we've seen this happen down the pike, whether it's here locally in Chicago or neighboring cities or across the nation when it comes to somebody getting shot who is in a situation, a black man and a white officer. We don't want to have this bad history of the officer getting off to constantly repeat itself. The family and friends of the fallen security guard have been in front of the police department uh, uh, protesting to make sure they get it right. So when we see this happening over and over again through years and centuries, we need to get a grip and a grip, I should say, on what's happening. Racism is real. Cops shooting people of color is real. And we cannot ignore it any longer. No, because the more that we tend to ignore it, the more that we have to have people like and this is kind of one of those interesting sidelines, people like actual medical doctors who this week online kind of showed the gruesome aftermath of what they look like after treating gunshot victims and started tagging the NRA in their post because this week, the NRA, and most of last week too, the NRA was telling doctors, 
Doctors, of all people, when it comes to gun rights in this country, stay in your lane. Why is it that when violence happens, one, we ignore the uh, <clears throat> very inherent racial overtones to which those deaths do occur, but two, we're very quickly to say, oh, it's not as bad as you're making it out. Why is that? Because the NRA is a business, first and foremost. They need to produce guns in order to get a profit. So you cannot go against saying anything bad about the NRA. Don't get me wrong, there are responsible gun owners out there as well. I talk about the ones who are not responsible, the ones who uh, take their guns and make it into semi-automatic weaponry and things of that nature uh, to uh, have bullets that go through Kevlar and things of that nature when they have an ulterior motive. Those are the ones that need to be examined and depending on the case, uh, be put into prisons. But again, it is a business. I never heard the president say anything bad about gun violence. Me personally, uh, we had the um, the shootings in Florida with the teenagers there, you know, in their high school. Now he's saying things like, "Me go back to the president," saying things like, "Well, maybe the teachers should be armed. We should have gun classes for them to be armed. You don't put gasoline on fire." You know, you try to find a way to not have as many guns or no guns, period. Not add more guns to a situation like that. So if you're pro-gun, nothing wrong with that. You're a responsible gun owner. That's different. But the ones who are not, those are the ones that need to be more controlled or have more um, identification backgrounds before they're allowed to have their licenses. It, it's, a, it's a long, thought-out process, state per state, but again— when you talk about gun and gun use, it's always going to be a problem. Why? Because there's easy access to it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just going to throw that because uh, into a little scenario so people get the kind of logic that you're trying to throw into this mix. Because any time that Donald Trump talks about things, specifically guns, he does this fast kind of blah, 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 double talk thing. So I'm going to slow this down and, and bring up the case of Maui. Hi, aloha. Remember where this show is filmed in? Uh, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Here, we have a problem from time to time with tiger sharks. Now, of course, there's warning signs of stuff of what to look for in the water, when to suspect possible tiger shark activity. So, let's say that a tiger shark now is gun violence. There's certain signs to look for when kind of noticing areas are going to be a little bit more gun violence than others. Would you agree? Well, absolutely. I, it, it, it depends on who receives said message. Okay. If you are a person that looks at the message and hears it and say, all right, then, well, that makes sense to me. Uh, what can I do on my part to make the message get further? Maybe I could talk to my neighbors, my friends, or people are anti it. They're going to react. They're going to have their certain ways about it. So it goes back to what I said earlier in the conversation about how is perceived per person. I think that goes the same way with this. Yeah. Well, I can tell you uh, the advice of some 44 different watermen that I've talked to over here in the state of Hawaii, both from Oahu, well, actually from Oahu, from Big Island, uh, that's the actual place called Hawaii, and Maui. And all of these watermen have never told me at any point of the day the solution for the tiger sharks is in the water is when you jump in the water, take your own sharks with you. None of them have said that. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do believe that. <laughs> so if they're not telling me to take more sharks in the water, 
when they're right. sharks, why is taking more guns into a gun situation that much smarter? Um, okay, final story of the day, and this one's kind of, ugh, I've got to talk to Ron next week about this, our Wisconsin correspondent, because from a place called Baraboo High School, there is a little bit of a controversy with a picture of white males. Why is that, Chris? Well, you have the students there at the Wisconsin school uh, appearing to be giving the Nazi salute in a, a group photograph that was uh, shot before their spring prom in May. Uh, the mother uh, who took this at the time, the parent, said that they were all waving. Now, let, now let's, let's back up the trade, for example. When I was in grammar school, before I got into history that was really deep, mostly like later on in the in the of uh, the earlier grades, especially high school, I knew who Adolf Hitler was. I knew he was bad. I knew he was something that was not right. Even I didn't know anything about him, just just a common sense. We don't know about common sense, not common anymore. But just on the common sense field, I knew something was not right when I saw pictures of uh the you know of of him mm-hmm. of you know of the of the Fuhrer. Yes. Now my mom be the educator. I go to my mom and say, "Mom, who's Adolf Hitler?" And she would give me the definition of who he was. And then by the time uh, I had some really serious uh, history lessons in school, then you get the whole the whole thing about his history and the Jews and Mein Kampf and the whole thing. And your bigger your broadest now bigger spectrum scope of who Adolf Hitler was. They knew what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. My question becomes, who told them it was okay to do that? that I, mean, you, I mean, once again, and, and kids can be led to other things without really thinking. If, you know, if one kid does it, it's cool. Everybody else does it. But who in their right mind said it's okay to dress like Adolf Hitler and see Kyle? Okay, yeah, because I'm going to be honest. I, I've watched a lot of teen dramas and stuff, you know, because my daughter's age and everything. But I have never yeah. heard a kid walk into a room and, hey, everybody, let's go Holocaust. Yeah. I, I, right. I, I mean, even in High School Musical, which is damn near torture itself, I never saw that line. So I'm just going to throw this out there. The mo- mother's defense of waving. Look, lady, nobody waves Heil anymore, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's just right. Thank you. That's common sense. I don't go out to my neighbors and be like, "Hi, Susan. Your bananas are looking very luscious today." I don't do that, and neither does normal people. So when it comes to this school, there's been a petition that's like six thousand people strong, saying there has to be something done with this. There's the school that says officially we're going to look into this matter. But if you're in a picture doing a Nazi salute and your face is in the picture, how much damn looking should we really need to do, Chris? Well, they've done some great proactive things. Like, for example, some of the students that have scholarships to certain universities and colleges have been revoked, and good for them. Because, I'm sorry, you know, again, I would really love to find out what made it cool to put on a mustache and a suit and go out there and give the Nazi salute. I just, I'm sorry, I can't buy into it. I mean, look, if you're going to do like, and even that's murky territory in high school, obviously, if you're familiar with the great comedian and writer Mel Brooks, uh, Blazing Saddles, you know, fame and everything else, wrote a, a show, a movie called The Producers that became a Broadway hit play as well. And so it dealt with two Broadway writers who wanted to uh, go into um, pretty much in the red yeah. uh, for their work. 
So they create this uh, play analyzing Adolf Hitler, springtime for Hitler. You know, and so don't be wrong. I mean, as portrayal in that perspective, it was funny, it was great, and everything else. Okay, that's different. Okay, but, but this is yeah, Chris, we've got to wrap up the show, so it's not oh, a springtime okay. for Hitler. But if you want to hear more of that, go to shaggyjenkins.com. Where can people find you? Uh, thank you very much. Find me at facebook.com backslash Chris Bass, C-H-R-I-S, B is in broadcasting, A-S-E. Yeah, and for everybody else, don't do springtime for Hitler or even Hitler on ice. It's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Till next time. Love you, mean it. Get in, bye.